Hello, welcome to Not Another Sales Podcast. My name's Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy, and this podcast is all around uncluttering the world of sales. So what can you expect from the episodes coming up? We're going to be delving into a variety of topics related to the world of sales, providing you with some missable practical tips and techniques that you can use straight away from listening to the podcast. And also, I'll be joined by a guest each week who will be sharing their insights into their motivations, goals, and how they got to where they are today. We'll also be answering any of your questions and challenges that you may have around the topic. So, my first episode is with my guest, Dee Mullin, and this is all around the importance of self-awareness in sales. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Dee, hello, how are you? Hi, Chris, how are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. Thanks for joining me on the first episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. I thought it'd be great to start off with, uh, for the listeners, to give them a bit of background about yourself. Sure, of course. Um, Kind of a short story, I guess, but I am currently working with a company called Southwestern Consulting. So professionally, I'm a sales and leadership coach with Southwestern. Um, prior to that, I worked for a global staffing firm as a um, area vice president, and I have just been in sales my entire career. I've been studying sales and success uh, for over 10 years, and it's something that I'm really passionate about. Great. So you live and breathe sales. Yes. Love it. Love it. So today we're, we're talking about the importance of self-awareness within sales. I think it'd be quite good to start off by defining what we mean by self-awareness, really. Yeah. What's your interpretation of self-awareness? Yeah, absolutely. So my interpretation of self-awareness, when I think about self-awareness, I think about um, bringing awareness to what we bring to the equation, right? So I think we have to look at our beliefs, our Mm -hmm. expectations, our energy, our alignment, which I can sort of unpack that word if, if you'd like, and, and like our self-talk, our level of trust. So it's sort of intrinsic to us that we bring to any interaction. Mm. And on that, you mentioned just their alignment. Do you mind just expanding into that? Sure. So to me, alignment is um, how how you feel. It, 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 it has a lot to do with your energy, in my opinion. So how you feel about what you're doing, how aligned are you with what in the sales realm, right? With your message, with Mm. your company, with your, like a little bit, how much fun you're having, how you're feeling. Alignment to me, I guess the best way to describe it is an absence of resistance. So potentially an absence of fear. Um, You know, when you're really feeling aligned, things just flow. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Absolutely. I, I suppose it's also about being honest with yourself, really, isn't it? It's the reality versus the story you tell yourself. And the more you're aligned, the more those two marry up. Absolutely. And I think the stories that we tell ourselves when we're aligned are really serving. So I try to look at things through a lens of not good or bad or right and wrong, but maybe serving and not serving. You know, So stories that we tell ourselves when we're sort of out of alignment are really not serving us. They're not forwarding us to more success, but our aligned stories and actions and energy really forwards us to the goals that we're looking to achieve. Absolutely. And I suppose self-awareness for me anyway, when I was in sales, it's, it's sort of 
something that isn't really focused on truly sort of worldwide why do you think that is what do you think gets in the way of people thinking that it's a a key factor to being successful it's so funny I think it's sort of like a um you know a fish can't see the water type of thing Mm. I think that self-awareness energy alignment they are all this they're critical components to success but I think the successful people when we're writing books and talking about all the things we did, we tend to see the action side and we tend to just, again, sort of like a fish not being able to see the water. We can't see the energy that we brought to it. It's just harder to measure. Um, So I think that that's why it gets left out of the conversation quite frequently. Definitely. Definitely. And moving on to the the topic of, of what we're talking about today, then how, how can it help us? within the world of sales by being more self-aware? Wow. I think that it really can help first and foremost by overcoming challenges and obstacles. So I think, you know, again, bringing in awareness, let's start with something that's somewhat simpler, like bringing awareness to your beliefs, right? So what are some of those just uh, ingrained beliefs that you have? And again, are they serving or not serving? So let me give you an example. Um, I recently was reading... You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero, I think is how you pronounce her name. Have you ever read that, Chris? Yes, I have. Yeah, great book. Okay, good. So maybe you can you can relate to this example. So Jen talks a lot about limiting beliefs in regards to money. And I think like money, sales, success, we can kind of all, they're not the same, but we can put them in the same category in terms of how we, um, you know, the beliefs that either help or hinder us there. Mm -hmm. So Jen talks a lot about, you know, if you've got these ingrained beliefs about, um, people who are wealthy are not as, um, righteous or, you know, like money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. Or, um, I have a client that I was talking to recently who was telling me something about like, well, if you want to make a lot of money, you've got to deal with a lot of stress. And those are just (laughs) beliefs. And that type of belief, and those are so prevalent and it's, it, we've got to bring awareness to what, what's driving us from the belief standpoint. So my client, if you, if you couldn't just infer this is really stressed because she's got this, this dialogue in the back of her mind about, um, you know, big money equals big success. So she's always feeling like she doesn't have enough time. Well, yeah, that's, that's where, this is coming from the root of a belief that's not serving. So I think, you know, self-awareness can help us in sales and success by taking a look, being aware of what those beliefs are and how are they impacting our experience? Mm, Definitely. Definitely. And I think, you know, part of what we discussed around self-awareness is knowing yourself, being honest with yourself, knowing what you're good at and knowing where your areas of development are. And I think by yeah. the more the more reminded you are of yourself, the more likely you are to know when you're veering off of that and perhaps moving away from your usual selling style or what makes you successful. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about, you know, what you're sort of naturally good at and what some of your areas of development are. I think like it, it really awareness is the best word for it, right? It's just like kind of tuning in to ourselves. And I think the things that we're naturally <clears throat> naturally good at are the wolf feel more aligned when we're doing those. That's not to say don't focus on your areas of opportunity and get stronger there. But I think, I think what you're naturally talented in and where your alignment lies, I think they are usually very close. Mm, definitely. And I suppose that comes back to 
also around knowing what you're good at and what you're not is not trying to be everything to everyone. Absolutely. Yes. Because of course, sometimes, and this is, I suppose, from a business point of view, as well as an individual point of view, because self-awareness is as important as a business as it is as an individual about not necessarily going after different types of customers that really, if you, if you looked at it, aren't the right kind of fit for your business and aren't the right type of individuals that is going to help it grow or align to the culture. Yeah. I think when we start trying to be everything to everyone, or we start going after customers, or maybe we don't just don't even have clarity around who our ideal customer is. I think what we invite in is a lot of fear and like that, that to me comes from like a, a place of, I always describe it as like desperate energy. Like if you're trying to be a chameleon and be everything to everyone, you're probably operating from a place of scarcity or lack, Yeah, you know, because you, you're just not confident enough in your, you know, that there is an abundance of the right type of person for you. You're not confident enough in the fact of all you have to do is show up and be true to yourself and who you are and what you believe and the rest will work itself out. Mm, definitely. And you mentioned there being true to yourself. But I think you summed it up when we spoke the other day all around staying authentic is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because of course, you know, people think some people's perception of why customers buy from them is because they like them, but mainly it's because they trust them. And the more authentic you are, the more you stay aligned to what you believe in and how you come across, the more trustworthy you're going to become from a customer's point of view as well. Yeah. I also think, you know, the more authentic you are, the easier it is to attract and connect with other authentic people, which is going to make this whole thing, like just from a sales perspective, let's say your whole sales cycle is going to move a lot more quickly with a lot with fewer bumps in the road because you've got two people who are being showing up as authentic and aligned. Whereas if you're coming from a place of fear, I think you are going to bring that out in somebody else or attract people that are also operating from a place of fear. And again, like you really just can't take energy out of the equation. Two people who are operating from a place of alignment are just going to move business ahead much faster than two people who are operating from a place of fear where there is some distrust or again, some of that like desperate energy. Absolutely. And, and touching on your point earlier about being aligned and, you know, making these attributing certain things to perhaps negative thoughts within your mind I think the more self-aware you are the more you feel like you can take control of your own success that there are factors around particularly within a sales environment that you can't control but there is a lot that you can control mm-hmm. and I think sometimes that we can get lost within the world of sales feeling like it's the leads or it's the the certain day or it's raining today and we attribute all of this stuff to it's not going to be a good day thinking about this action point of view without actually taking a step back and and being more self-aware of okay what am I doing differently today am I in a in a different mood than I was yesterday because it's dangerous I feel sometimes for people to start thinking I was lucky with that deal or with that sale with that pitch or I just picked up the phone it's it's owning more of your success and realizing that you are a, a key factor yes I love that you said that because I I really believe in coming at life, but also business with from, from this perspective of a hundred percent responsibility. And we're responsible, we're responsible for everything we're talking about here, our energy, our, how we show up, we're responsible for. So what am I bringing to the equation? 
And I love the example that you just gave of like, I don't have enough leads or the weather is bad or the market or, you know, looking at, I call that current conditions, looking at current conditions and allowing those to dictate our energy or how we feel. That's really dangerous. And going back to like serving and not serving thoughts, none of those thoughts are serving. So those thoughts like that, like, well, I just don't have enough leads or placing blame anywhere externally blame in general is just not going to get us very far, but especially placing blame anywhere externally uh, is really going to slow things down for us. Definitely. And and on the flip side of this, then we've talked about, you know, how it can help us within our role. What's the impact of us being less self-aware do you feel within the world of sales? Oh, the first thing that comes to my mind is frustration because, so this is one thing that I'm, I'm particularly interested in is there's no one size fits all formula. And I think the reason there's no one size fits all formula to sales or to success or to like, you could even look at that from a a fitness perspective. There's no one diet that makes everybody achieve their goals. Right. Um, I think the, the frustration comes from, let's say in sales, we are learning all of these techniques and we're executing the techniques, but we're not getting the results that we are promised based on this quote unquote formula. Um, a lot, like we can, it feels like beating your head against the wall to me. Like I'm making all the dials, I'm saying that thing and it's not working. Well, to me that, that stems from a lack of self-awareness because what are you bringing to the equation or what am I bringing to the equation that is, is shutting it down? Definitely. And then on that as well, I, you know, we mentioned at the start about being self-aware is all around the reality versus the story you tell yourself. Yeah. I think sometimes if, if you're not as self-aware, what you may perceive as a strength is actually a weakness. So for example, you may feel really confident at pitching in front of customers, but what it actually comes across in reality is that you talk too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with those misalignments, sometimes you can go on thinking, oh, you know, it's something else as we talked about earlier. It might be the business. It might be the product. They're not interested. It's because a lot of the time the customers aren't always going to give you the honest truth. You know, they don't right. want to sometimes give the personal information of it was you. They'll give you other things like we're not ready. And then, of course, you start thinking, oh, it's everyone's telling me they're not ready or this excuse or that excuse. When actually, because you're not as self-aware, it's probably coming down to something you're doing. Yeah, I think that it can be simplified. I think a lot of life can be simplified from either coming from an energy and not to get to... Um, I don't know, like warm and fuzzy with you. Cause actually that's not really my style, but I do believe in this where we can, we either come from an energy of love or we come from an energy of fear. And I think what causes us to do things like talk too much or to, like to your point, quote unquote, sort of turn people off is that we're coming from this place of fear of focus on self, right? I think we tend to talk too much, just using that as an example mm-hmm. in a presentation when we're nervous when we're focused on, do these people like me? Am I going to close this? I have to, I really need this deal because of my commission and I'm afraid, right? All of those feelings of, that are very self-focused and really rooted in a place of fear. Mm. Whereas, so here's where I think the self-awareness plays a huge role. So I think If that's the energy we're coming from, and that's normal and natural, and it's not wrong, this is about bringing awareness and being really honest with that. Um, I don't think that more technique necessarily training is going to be the right answer there. I think we'd be better served by getting clear and shifting our 
our posture a little bit so that we're able to authentically come from a place of love, which to me is not like, I don't mean romantic love. I mean, like um, coming from a place where it's ser- it's true servant selling. Like I'm presenting this opportunity because I want this to be a win-win for everybody because I want you to understand what I bring to the table. And if it feels like the right thing for you, if I can truly serve you and your organization, then I want you to move forward with it. But also having that trust, again, coming from an abundance perspective that, you know what, if this client or this person doesn't move forward with me, that's okay. There's so many other opportunities. I hope I have the chance to serve them, but if there's something that's going to hold them back, I'm okay with it. I have this trusting detachment from it. Um, I know that there are more people for me to serve. So that is what to me, like a loving energy feels like. And those are two really different places. And when we look just at action orientation, like how many presentations did we do Mm. without looking at where is that, where, where are we rooted? We're missing something huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's such a, a valid point you mentioned there around sometimes we can get this idea that oh, it might be that we need more technique training or some coaching on how to present and completely miss the mark of where the root of the cause is coming from. And and that's from a business point of view as well. Sometimes when businesses aren't successful, they'll feel like, oh, it's we need to change our sales process. We need to change this and all this tangible stuff where it's actually the individuals or the kind of energy of, and the place they're coming from, as you mentioned, that's actually the thing that we need to focus on. Yeah. And like, I mean, I told you in the beginning, I'm a, I'm a professional coach. So I'm coaching salespeople and leaders on things like technique all the time. So it's mm. not that I devalue that, but I really think that belief trumps technique. So mm-hmm. your energy is trumping technique. Where you're coming from, your self, what you're bringing to the equation is like somebody who is aligned and just really focused on serving you as the customer, you're not going to care if they're dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's. If you have a genuine connection with somebody and they're making you feel like they want the best for you and that they can deliver, right? We've got to have a quality product, so I'm not going to go there. But um, but if they're making you feel that connection, the technique is going to be much less, much less important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we've talked a lot around how it can help us. What's the impact of not having it? If for the listeners, people listening right now, what are some steps for them to to start becoming more self-aware or, or even finding out how self-aware they are really? Yeah. So it's funny because again, I feel like there's no one size fits all formula, but I'll give you some ideas. And then I would love to hear your thoughts on this too. But mm. um, for me, it's, it's, it's mindfulness. So these are going to sound like kind of off topic, um, recommendations, but I really do feel they're correlated. So, um, again, kind of weird, but I really promote a meditation practice. I think meditating, and there are so many people who say, I can't meditate. I can't clear my mind for me, really becoming grounded in a meditation practice helps me tremendously with self-awareness getting that personal kind of quiet time, tuning in, understanding how you're feeling, because that's it. A lot of self-awareness is just figuring out how you're feeling, mm. not, not to get too far down this road, but in our, I know in our culture here in America, and I know you're, you're not in America, but here, and you can speak to if this is true for you, we are so big on like numbing a ton of feelings. And I think self-awareness comes from tapping into your feelings. So I believe meditation helps you to do that. I think um, reading, writing, 
um, specifically kind of like journaling, free writing, asking yourself questions, which Mm -hmm. again, sounds so silly, but asking yourself, like, how do I actually feel when I'm going into a presentation? How do I feel about the product that I'm selling? And we would think that those answers would come so readily, Mm -hmm. but they don't. I mean, in my experience anyway, I think you really have to dig in with yourself, which again, back to that sort of fish in the water thing, we're so close and we're just, a lot of us are just kind of going through the motions that we don't take enough time to, um, to ask ourselves those questions. So meditating, reading, writing, um, I think can really, really help. Definitely. And, and on that point there where you said, you know, how am I feeling before I go into a presentation? Um, you know, Tony Robbins talks about this around the stories you're telling yourself and the state that you're in, you could have the perfect strategy in the world, but if those stories aren't right and the state that you find yourself in aren't aligned, then you're not going to be successful no matter how powerful your, your strategy is and no matter how many times you've gone over it. Yes. And to that point, I think like listening to your thoughts. So again, mm. this sounds probably pretty crazy, but um, back to the, the feeling of tuning in. So to Tony's point, yes, the stories are so critical, but we usually are telling those stories sort of in the background. Like we're not really listening to them almost if it's like, if it's like elevator music, you know? And so it's getting into our brain and it's impacting our being, but we're not really tuned into the words. Right. Um, so I think listening to your stories when you're in those quiet places, like you're driving to your customer appointment or you're driving to work in the morning or home or whatever, and you've got that kind of silence time, like tuning mm-hmm. in and thinking like, what am I actually thinking about right now? If you really want to master this, and I highly recommend like diving into it because I think that the um, the level of success that you'll see from just increasing your own self-awareness is so worth it. Um, journaling. So journal what your thoughts are. So as you're, as you're keep like something close to you and as you're driving, not while you're driving, but you know, when you park, (laughs) write down what it is you spent the majority of that trip thinking about, or, you know, for females, I know I spend, you know, quite a bit of time in the morning blow drying my hair. And I always try to be very mindful of what thoughts are going through my head. So you're blow drying your hair, write down your dominant thoughts were about, and then start creating some affirmations around them. Mm. So affirmations to me play a huge part of my life. I say my affirmations every single day, at least once a day out loud. Um, I change them pretty often, maybe like every six months or so um, to make sure that they're still aligned, but create affirmations to um, sort of rewrite the thoughts that are not serving you and say them every day out loud. I call them like prescriptive affirmations. It's like Mm a little prescription for yourself. to rewrite those thoughts. Because again, if you're introducing intentional self-talk, intentional stories, that will start to drown out some of the background default dialogue that we've got going on. So definitely, definitely. And on your point there about writing stuff down, I think it's always important to write down your plans and your goals of what you want to achieve, but also small stuff that relates around how, how you're feeling and what you want to do from not just an action point of view, but also from an energy and, and mindfulness point of view as well. Mm-hmm. And a big point that you mentioned there as well is, is on reflection. I think, you know, it's very easy in the world of sales to get caught up in the day-to-day stuff and just 
get into autopilot sometimes on going through the motions of I need to hit my target every month or every quarter. And mm-hmm. what we'll quite often do in sales is we'll focus on all the negative stuff again, all the action, but very rarely will we focus on the positive stuff of what we actually did well. We come mm-hmm. sometimes just take them for granted. And I think it's so important for people to become more self-aware of what makes them successful and when they've actually had that successful pitch or successful call or they've closed a deal is to celebrate it, but then analyze it of what was it that they did from an action point of view, but also what kind of headspace were they in at the time that made them successful? Like how did they feel when they came in that day? What were their thoughts before they went into the presentation? All of this, this stuff, just joining that up, because the more you can kind of become more familiar with that and self-aware of it, I think the more you can replicate that and become consistent with it. Absolutely. Such a great point. And the more we focus on the wins, what we did right. Mm. So wherever where focus goes, energy flows, right? So wherever we, when we focus more on the positive things, the things that we're proud of, we're, you know, again, we're sort of rewriting some of that default dialogue versus what we typically tend to do, which is beat ourselves up over and over and over and over again about the things that didn't go right. So I 100% agree, really analyzing the things that went well and looking for the, the commonalities, you know, what was, what was my morning like that morning or what was my state like? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I suppose it's also not just reflecting on yourself, but seeking feedback from others around you as well, mm-hmm. from your colleagues, from your customers, from individuals who you interact with and just seeing if that alignment is there of this is how I perceived I came across. Is that how it's actually being perceived? Am I as self-aware mm-hmm. as I should be? Mm-hmm. And also seeing feedback as a positive, whereas a lot of times some people may go on to the defensive is that you know people are trying to add value and develop you and help you. And it's just being in that space where you feel comfortable to receive it. Yeah, I totally agree. Great. So yeah, there's some really useful tips there. Um, just to summarize, I think for the, for the listeners, so we've got, you, you mentioned around meditating, around writing down, keeping journals, being more mindful of the voices in your head, putting them to the forefront of your mind and reminding yourself of the affirmations, as you mentioned, which is a really nice um, thing, I think, that people can start doing. And I think on top of that as well, it's the reflection on your wins, start you know creating those positive stories and also seeking feedback from those around you. Yes, love it. Great, great. So that's, in a, in a nutshell, and a bit more of a nutshell, the importance of self-awareness in sales. Now what I'd like to do, Dee, is just delve into a bit more around you, really. And I think a couple of these points and potentially the questions I'm going to ask, you've covered already um, through the topic we've just been discussing around self-awareness. But I suppose what, I, what I'm quite interested to start off by asking is just to understand um, if there's particularly one story or memory or something that's stuck with you or a mantra over the years that, that you feel has, has got you to where you are at the moment and has made you successful. Yeah, so this one is a little hard for me because I'm always learning and I'm always sort of evolving. So mm. I think, you know, one mantra or belief or thought will get me through a year or two. And then that will lead me, I, I kind of just follow the breadcrumbs, you know, that'll lead me to learn something else, which will, <laughs> which will feel more aligned or more inspired. And I think that's an important point about alignment too, is that like, what got, what got me into alignment 10 years ago, isn't going to work today. Honestly, what got me into alignment yesterday might not work today. So yeah. you've got to just continue to be evolving and be again, self-aware. 
Um, but one thing I think like a belief that has held true, regardless of the techniques or the mentors or all of the different things that have changed. Um, one belief that's held true for me is that I really believe that we can accomplish anything that we set our minds to. So I think that we are truly, and I think this is true for every single person on our planet, is that we are limitless. The only thing that's limiting us, in my opinion, is are the stories in our head, you know, everything we've been talking about today. So um, I think that that has given me a really big advantage. And it's not that every day is perfect for me, for sure. But at the core of what I believe, so talking about, you know, the beliefs that are driving us, I really do believe that we can achieve anything that we put our minds to. So that's been very constant for me since childhood. Great. That's, that's really interesting. I think, you know, completely spot on there is to, is to keep on evolving, keep learning, keep developing, not feeling like, particularly in the world of sales, you're ever at the point where you know everything and you're the complete finished article because naturally the way of evolution and the way society is going as well we need to constantly adapt to the way in which the world is really mm-hmm. and on that you mentioned you know having this following the breadcrumbs which i really like actually um which relates to i suppose setting yourself new goals and things that you move along with once different challenges come up within your within your life how do you go about setting your goals and have you got any practical tips that you that you use Um, again, probably kind of similar to what we've talked about, but I I think to set goals, I try to spend, I set aside time. So another like key theme in my life is being intentional. So I set aside time to be intentional about brainstorming, about being introspective, about thinking about what's next for me, what's going well. So again, kind of back to awareness, uh, but setting goals. So I'll set aside time to do it. Normally I set annual goals, but I'll, I'll, you know, move or I'll move them around as I see fit. But my personal process is normally it's around Thanksgiving time, like right before the holidays, right before we're going into a new year. Um, I'll sit down, I'll journal, I will um, sort of free write. I'll ask myself those questions about, you know, what do I want? What's really driving me? What's, um, what's making me happy? What feels like the right direction to go in? And why do I want those things? And really challenge them. I think a lot of times mm. we will set goals because we think that should be the goal or we think that that's the natural next step and really like just not taking that as an answer, really challenging myself on why I want those things and how do I want to feel and, and kind of backtrack into, okay, if this is the end goal, right? Starting with the end in mind, um, what are the, the small pieces to that puzzle? What, what needs to happen in order for me to get there? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there around, you know, why do I want this? Do you have an overall, you know, what's your why? What's your what's your motivation behind everything that you're doing? Yeah, it's such a big question, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, I, yeah, it, for me, it's just I want to always be the best version of myself. So I want to continue evolving. I feel like it's sort of my responsibility to be the the. Um, you know, again, kind of best version. I want to, for myself, success is a word that I align with. So that's a word that doesn't stress me out. I can say that coming from a place of love. Um, And I want to be successful. And to me, success means having freedom, having options, living with this feeling of ease and joy and fun and empowerment and really living, not surviving, not going through the motions, but being intentional and just feeling, you know, like you're just living every moment of the day. Um, yeah. and, and what drives me most is not only 
kind of experiencing that for myself, but helping other people experience that too. Because again, back to my core belief of that, we're all limitless. For me, it's really important to, to live into that and then to help other people come along on that journey as well. Yeah. And I, I love your point about being intentional. I think it's very easy to be going through a re- kind of reactive life of everything's being thrown at you. But if you can be intentional, be proactive with it, you can definitely feel like even on the toughest days that you're being successful and that you got things done and that you're moving towards a, the kind of bigger picture rather than just reacting to stuff and feeling like I've had a really busy day, but I've got nothing done. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, you mentioned when, when we were talking about goals just a moment ago that you know, planning time. And I think, um, you know, successful people that I've worked with and spoken to, they always have this time. And I kind of feel like it's maybe a Sunday evening where they'll plan their week or get, get into their zone. Is there anything particularly like which you do and how do you, how do you spend your Sunday evenings? Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge part of my week. Um, so Sunday evening for me looks like, you know, unwinding, getting ready for the week, I always plan the next week on Sunday. Um, so I have a, I have like my own little system. I have an Excel spreadsheet and I basically plan out every like pillow to pillow, you know, from the time I wake up in the morning to the time I go to sleep, I plan it in 15 minute increments. Um, some people think this is crazy. It really helps me. I, on Sunday, I visualize the entire week. I visualize mm-hmm. like I would, what time I'm going to wake up that morning. Okay, what am I going to do? It includes my meditation practices, my workouts, literally everything that's going to happen during the day. Um, and it allows me a tremendous sense of freedom and direction. And I feel like I can wake up on Monday morning and I just know exactly what the week is going to look like. And of course, there's there are things that change as the days go on and, you know, we have to make adjustments, but, uh, but I go into Monday with a really solid plan and that all starts with Sunday night. Nice. Nice. And, you know, on your point there and what we talked about earlier, you know, there's not one size that fits all. And I think, you know, there's different degrees of how people can do that. But I think, as you mentioned, the common theme there is the planning going in with intentional purposes of this is the bigger picture of what I need to get done this week. Yes, there's going to be stuff that comes up and I might have to prioritize it here and there, but these are my main goals of what I need to achieve for the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And depending on how, like how things are going. So on months where everything is just kind of firing on all, all cylinders and things are going really well, it might be just as easy as that. I'm just doing sort of time management, right? But like, on months or weeks or days where I'm just feeling like a little bit of a lack of enthusiasm perhaps, or just not quite as aligned, I can take that time on Sunday also to look at like, what am I going to do this week? And how does it tie into my bigger goals, my vision, my, you know, the, all of the things that we talked about before with the kind of, you know, the play, the big plan and see if I can get myself more enthused, more into alignment with it. Because again, knowing that the energy I show up in every day is going to really impact my results. Mm, definitely, definitely. And there's, a, there's some really useful practical tips in there. Is there anything else that you that you have that you could share with the listener, not necessarily related to the topic we've been covering today, that tips or advice that you use that have, that, that you find work for you that make you successful? Oh, I know that you, you know, in, in the emails we were going back and forth, you had said like, you know, three bits of advice. And so I really thought about those. So yeah, I'll, I'll share them. One, you've already heard me say, which is meditate. And mm-hmm. like, you can meditate. Everyone can meditate. I've been studying success for over 10 years. I know you have, I know probably many of your listeners have, 
and this is a common theme across the board. You know, the people who are really um, at the very, very top of their game have this meditation, self-awareness time intentionally every day. All of your listeners can do this. Um, Second is prioritize how you feel. Really keep checking in with yourself, figuring out how you feel. It sounds so simple, but unfortunately, just, you know, sort of in our world today, it's overlooked, I think. And then the third, maybe not most important, I won't say that because meditation is huge for me, but the third equally important one is practice gratitude. Yeah, I've studied gratitude quite a bit, and and I can't quote any specific studies off the top of my head, but there have been countless studies that link gratitude to happiness. That they say that the two are more correlated than anything else. Like a grateful, appreciative um, person or practice just feels more happy. So um, I don't know, more happy is really the right word. Happier. So practicing gratitude. I use a five minute journal. You could just make lists of of things that you're grateful for. Uh, I'm big on sending out like handwritten cards about why I appreciate or I'm grateful for somebody. So if you don't have a a gratitude practice, build that in too, man, just for success overall in life. And that will, I truly believe, actually help you with success in business and sales as well. Absolutely. I, I really like that last one. Oh, I, I love all of them, but I think, you know, that, that gratitude list of what you're grateful for, because again, this is going just beyond the world of sales, but as you mentioned in life, it's very easy to feel bogged down and feel like, oh, you know, I'm being hard done by this is happening, that's happening, but you know, you're alive, you're living in the first place. So that's great. What else are you grateful for? What else is going on in your life that you can feel positive about? Because just by writing that down, I'm sure you find this, that it can just change your whole perception and your, and shift your mindset of, you know, I, I, this quote that Henry Ford said, you know, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're always right, has, has yes. always stuck with me. And it's, this, it's, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves reflect that. If I'm feeling like I'm being hard done by, then I'm not going to be successful. Or sometimes people go through this mindset of, oh, I spilled coffee down myself today, so it's going to be a bad day. And then they look for all this negative stuff that's going to confirm that because as human beings, and this is probably a completely different topic, we all, we don't like to be wrong. We like to prove ourselves right. Yes. I, first of all, I just, I, you're right. We could do a whole other episode on just that. But, <laughs> um, I love both of those things. The Henry Ford quote is one of my favorites. I, I wholeheartedly believe in it. And second, yes, your brain is always going to look for evidence of what you believe, which is why beliefs are so critical, why we've really got to wrap our arms around them, not let them just be, you know, default on their own kind of running the show. Um, and yeah, I think gratitude attunes you to, to just a lot of success in that, you know, when you start your day by telling your brain, all these great things are happening, it's going to be on the hunt to prove evidence Mm. for that for the rest of the day. And that's just such a great way to start your day. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Dee, for your your time today and your input and your insight and your suggestions. I think um, people listening to this are going to find it not only insightful, but very useful from a practical point of view for things that they can start going away and actually putting into practice. Fabulous. Well, thank you again so much. I'm so honored to be the first guest on your, your amazing new podcast. And I've enjoyed our time together so much, Chris. Thank you. You're very welcome. And um, I'm hoping people listening to this have found it very useful and insightful. Feedback is always welcome. So thanks for tuning in for the first ever episode of Not Another Sales Podcast with Not Another Sales Guy and my guest, Dee Mullin. And stay tuned for more episodes. Thanks for listening, you lovely people. 
If you want to stay up to date, the latest posts from D or I, you can find D on Instagram. It's D B E underscore Mullin M U L I N. And for myself, it's not another sales guy with an underscore in each of those words. But for now, stay tuned for another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast.